Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and today I'm excited to have on the show author, speaker, leadership influencer, and Bible study writer, Cynthia Cavanaugh. Cynthia, you are the author of the Bible study, The Godly Kings of Judah. I imagine that many haven't really studied First and Second Kings and Chronicles. Your study says that though these kings names aren't well known to us, their examples should be celebrated. So here's my question. Could you help our listeners understand the context of the time and why these kings were important for the history of Israel? Yes. Thank you, Trillia, for having me. And I love this part of the Bible. And it's I don't know, I always seem to take on complex projects because there is a lot of names and a lot of sorting out to do in these particular books in Kings and Chronicles. However, it is so relevant for us today as we look at their lives. And there was actually, well, let me go back just a little bit. So first of all, you know, God wanted to be Israel's king. He wanted to be the one king, but they whined and whined and into the book of Judges, and they said, give us a king, we want a king. And so that's when Saul was the first king that was anointed to be the king of Israel. Well, he didn't turn out so well. And then, of course, we have David and we have Solomon. So after that context of what happened, um, the kings, the nation of Israel was divided into two because of Solomon's sin at the end of his reign. You know, and the funny thing about that is everybody always, we always think Solomon was so wise, and yes, he was, but he actually didn't finish very well, and he caused the the nation of Israel to, to go into two, the northern kingdom, which was called Israel, and the southern, which is Judah. So how is that relevant for us today? Well, there was 39 kings between those two nations, and many of them, except for eight— It says that they did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. So only eight did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And so as I began studying that, I began looking for what is the common thread of why only eight kings out of so many? I studied the common thread of what caused them to want to be faithful to the Lord and to have a lasting influence in their particular reign. Now, some of those eight made mistakes at the end, but God still called them faithful because they wanted to serve God. They put God first many, many parts in their life. So how is that then relevant for us today in the context is, you know, we are the culture of what we're facing today in our world and also the culture. And then is very, very similar in some ways, as far as, you know, adding to uh, our worship. We want to add to our worship sometimes, and that's exactly what Judah and Israel did. It's not that they didn't worship God. They worshiped God, but they brought in other things to worship, other gods, other idols. And so that's, you know, we do that. I do that sometimes. Do I really think that God is enough for me in my life? Can I trust him with everything, or or I'm going to try to figure out a part of my life myself. And so that is kind of the thread or the theme that we we see is that how did these kings like stand against that? How did they how did they take a stand for righteousness and say, "Hey, you know, we are going to follow the one true God. We're not going to bring in these idols in our life." And a good example of that is um King Josiah. 
which is one of the last kings in the Bible study. And he had a heart to really want to put God first. And he'd had all kinds of things that had happened before him. And, but he made a point to really say, no, we are going to worship the one true God. And he restored a lot of the practices of the original practices. He, he had the word of God be read out in front of all the people and they hadn't necessarily heard that um, up to that point um, in in that generation. And so, you know, it's just so important as we look at these kings to say like, okay, what, how, how can I remain faithful? I know I'm not going to be perfect. And I think that's the one of the things that the thread of the study and when we read Kings and Chronicles together is that God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he calls us to be faithful. And when we're faithful to his word, when we're faithful of putting him in the center of our life, then we will be called faithful. When one day we stand before God and that's my prayer is that God will say, well done, now good and faithful servant, right? Um, I know I'm not perfect. I make lots of mistakes. I've struggled with all kinds of things. And yet um, I've struggled with idols in my life, um, putting people on pedestals, um, other, other things in, you know, putting things before God, not trusting God in certain areas of my life. But my heart is wanting to be faithful. And that's what God looks at is he looks at our heart he looks at our ability to recognize when we're displeasing him, when we sin, when we're wrong, and then, you know, our restoring our relationship with him. So one of the things that I'm super grateful for is that when we do stand before the Lord, we will only be able to say Jesus, <laughs> that we will look. Yes, we will be able to point to Jesus and his finished work. Um, and that even now Jesus is interceding for us and we are covered with Christ's righteousness. So one of the things that I hear you saying is that these um, these eight godly kings, they they chose to worship. And that was, so as I was listening, I was waiting to hear some character things that we could emulate, but it sounds a little bit less about their character and more about their heart, that they chose to worship and to um, to cast out or to deny the idols that were prevalent at their time, that is prevalent for our time as well, and, and they lived a life of devotion to the Lord. Is that right? Is, is that what... Am I hearing correctly that that's the thread? Yes, I, I think so. Yes, I mean, some of it, of course, was about their character and how they were shaped, you know, by their predecessors as well. But, you know, for instance, King Hezekiah, he had a very evil father. His father was like a major idolatry. He actually destroyed the land. And so he sacrificed his own sons to one of the idol gods and so Hezekiah grew up in that environment and, you know, but he did the, the total opposite of what his father did. He totally restored the worship back to, because his heart was to be different based on, you know, he looked at what his father did, what his ancestors did and say, I'm going to do differently. And that could have been the influence of, you know, some of the household, um, some of the priests, some of his mother, you know, we don't know. Scripture doesn't say. But when I read these kings, yes, I see it's really about their heart because God even says of one of the kings, you know, 
he was faithful or he followed the Lord, but not with his whole heart. So we even see God saying is he's looking at their heart. And that's what defines their faithfulness is whether or not their heart wants to make God the center. Mm, That's so important. And it's really important for us as we even think about our, I mean, the scriptures say that even the demons believe, (laughs) right? And shudder. So, so it really is about our, our hearts and, and, I'm I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that the because the Lord he is he transforms hearts. It's the Lord's he can do that. He can do that work in our in our lives. And so, as I was thinking about this worship, also if we if our hearts are are right before the Lord, it will um, change our actions, <laughs> right? If we love God with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. We will love our neighbors as ourselves. We will obey him. We will cast out and, and idols. We will confess and repent. We will do these things. We will serve um, and, and care justly for others. And, and those are the kinds of things that build character, but it does start with right worship. Yes. And we can give lip service. You know, we can give lip service, say we believe in God and you know, you read through the Chronicles and the Kings, you see, yes, some of those Kings did, they did give lip service. They did do some of the sacrifice, but their heart was not turned to making God the center of their life and their reign. And so then we see the destruction of being led astray. And many times it was because they did not listen because God sent messengers to them. He sent prophets to them. He sent men of God to them to say, to keep them on track. And so we see that they either listen or they didn't listen or they listened half-heartedly. And so that was kind of the measuring stick to kind of say, yeah, that's really what's in that person's heart. They're not going to listen. And so for me and for you as a believer, I think, you know, we can tick off all the boxes. We can go to church, we can read our Bibles, we can pray. But if we're not in communion with God and actually listening to what he's saying, taking time out of our busy day to actually listen and listen to the messages. I mean, we don't have necessarily prophets that come, but we have the word of God that speaks to us. And we have, we do have messengers we can hear. And if we're not listening to what God is really saying, then we're not being faithful. (laughs) We're just doing our own thing, but we're giving lip service to, we're giving lip service to our faith instead of, you know, making our heart be the center. Yeah. Well, faith without works is dead, as James says, and that means that our it's an our works is a proof of the faith that we proclaim. And so we need to ask God for help. We need to ask God. Yeah, we can't do it um, on our own. We will worship idols. We will be false, fake Christians. We will be hypocrites. We will be all of those things. Um, and we, we need to help. We need to cry out to God. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to ask the Lord for help. Cynthia, would you pray? And I, I really think um, you mentioned a few idols that could keep us from worshiping the Lord. We could um, idolize people that will keep us from worshiping the Lord. We could idolize comfort that could keep us from worshiping 
money, all sorts of things. Would you pray for the person who who maybe the Lord is revealing right now that they have been struggling with idolatry and putting other things before the Lord, but but they want their whole hearts to be his? Will you pray for us? Thank you, Father, for who you are, first of all, and that you are the one true Jehovah God. I thank you, God, that you don't push your way into our lives, but you are gentle and gracious. But you also want, you are a jealous God. You want us to put you at the center of our lives. And so, God, it is so easy today. We're such an independent society, God, to usher in other ways and means and idols to that keep us um, from looking to you, from trusting you. We try to figure things out ourselves. So, God, I just pray for anyone who's listening right now who might be struggling with that very thing, that they're having trouble trusting you, that you are going to come through for them. And so they have, have this vice or this trigger, God, that believing that um, money or people or uh, an addiction of some sort, you know, overspending or whatever it might be, um, eating too much chocolate or whatever it is, God, that but we put in the place of you of actually listening and hearing your voice. So I pray, God, that you would bring uh, your spirit to help them. And I would pray, too, that they wouldn't be afraid to cry out to you and ask you for help, Lord, even if they're in incredible pain, Lord, I pray that, that you would help them to know that they can trust you that you will be there for them, that you will guide them each step of the way. And as Jehoshaphat prayed, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you when he was faced with a great army against him. I pray that that would be our prayer. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you and we would wait and hear from you. So God, thank you so much that you are a faithful God. You are so faithful to answer us and to hear us. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much.